been talking about relationships. I, I, I talked about them two weeks ago, and Luami kind of talked about them a little bit last week, and what a great, great time we had around here. Great relationships are possible. Great relationships are possible, but they're not probable. They're not probable. Statistics show that. They're not probable, and, and, and the reason they're not is because most follow the world's way and not God's way. They're not probable, and statistics bear that fact. And the reason being is that people follow the world's way instead of God's way. Now, if you've already put the brakes on and young people say, well, I'm not married, is, you know, I'm just kind of tuning out, tune back in because this isn't, this isn't a marriage talk this morning. And uh, tune in because this will help you. And I, I, I like this message today. And I like inspiration. I like, I like faith. I like, I like it when faith is high and, and in the place. And you just believe, believe God for miracles and, and could take on hell with a water pistol. I, I love all that kind of stuff. But I also, I also know that, that Mondays come. And, and the time in the altar, sometimes, sometimes you don't even remember what was talked about. You don't even remember. You just remember the feeling. You remember the presence. And, and all that is good. And, and I need that. And I want that. But there's also times when you need some substance. And you need something. Why? Because you do face battles. And there is tribulation in life. And there are troubles in this world. And we're going to talk about something this morning that I believe will help us today if we'll get a hold of it and if we'll, if we'll listen. The, world, the world's way has become more common to us than God's way. We see the world's way all the time. Some of us have adopted the world's way rather than God's way. And the more we discover God's word, we see God's got an entirely different way to go about things. And we want God's way. We don't want the world's way. Somebody say amen. So if we go to Romans chapter number 12, verse number 2, a lot of us can quote the King James verse, but we're going to look at the NLT version as I did a couple weeks ago don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world don't copy what the world does don't copy their don't copy their, their behavior if there's any area you should do this it's in your relationships folks it's in your relationships with others don't copy the world's way in how you deal with other people but let God transform you the word goes on to say let God do a work inside of you let God transform me somebody say that I want God to transform me now listen this you know a lot of times we read this verse it's in Romans number 12 verse 2 okay transformation gift of the Holy Spirit come when, when, when I receive salvation. And yes, I agree with that. Absolutely. Old passed away become new life. Uh, rise again. Baptize. You, you bury the dead. You rise in newness of life. You get the name of Jesus upon up you. The only saving. There's no salvation in any other. For there's nothing under heaven even among men whereby be saved. I understand all that. But folks, this is written to the church at Rome. 
He's not talking to them about a salvation experience right here. These folks have already, already experienced new birth. They've already experienced uh, uh, being born again of the water and of the spirit. So what he's talking about here, obviously, is uh, it's an epistle. It's, it's how you live for Christ. It's how you walk with God. So, so here in this uh, transformation, let God transform you. Be not conformed in this world, but transformed. This transformation is obviously after that we have come to God. After we've experienced the gift of of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say hallelujah. Now sometimes we 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 kind of resist that. We kind of we kind of push away from that. But you got to see the context in which this was written. This was written to the church at Rome. You do not go to the book of Romans to find out how to be saved. That's not what you do. The church at Rome was saved in the book of Acts. Go back to Acts. That's where you're going to see where salvation came into their lives. Whether you believe it or not, study it and see it. Romans is not a book to find out how to be saved. Rather, it's a book after that you've received salvation. How do you walk with God? Somebody give him a hand clap. Let that soak in. Don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God transform you. Let God do a work inside of you. I've got to let God transform me, do the work on the inside. And a lot lot have said, I've tried to make my relationships work. I've I've tried to make that relationship with a brother, a sister, a sibling, a a parent, a a friend, a neighbor. I've tried to make that work. But, but, But have you allowed God to transform you first? Because God is offering something to you that possibly you've never tried. You say, but I have tried. I I have received. That's where you kind of got to get into what I just talked about. Yes, transformation came at salvation. Yes, uh, the gift of the Holy Ghost came and you're a new creature and and all that. But have you allowed God to transform you in that situation? Stay with me and let's go on and read what it says here. Transform you into a new person. How? How? By changing the way you think. Now, that's coming along after. Because we got this process. And and however old we are right now, more than likely you've got a pattern in your mind of how you think. But God is wanting to transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Not a retrained old you, but a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you or you can have what God actually intended for you to have in your family, in your job, in your marriage, in your walk with him, which is good and pleasing and and perfect. As I said, we've been talking about relationships the past two weeks. Uh, and, and two weeks ago, we, may, we make a covenant, not a contract. A covenant, not a contract in our relationships. Uh, the world's way says, uh, if it's going good, keep it. If it's not, throw in the towel. God's way says, till death do us part. Two contrasting, two contrasting ways. Luami talked last week about God's jealous love for us. And today we're going to talk about something that every single one of us in this house has experienced and probably will experience more in their life. And that is about 
conflict. Conflict because you have it. It's there and you need to know how to deal with it. Not the world's way, but God's way. Somebody say hallelujah. If you'll tune in and listen, this is good stuff this morning. In fact, someone said that that marriage is like a deck of cards. Uh, You start off with two hearts and a diamond. You start off with two hearts and a diamond. By the end, you'll wish you had a club and a spade. (laughs) Conflict is inevitable. But God has a unique approach to it. And if there's ever a place where you need God to transform you and change the way you think, it is in our relationships. So the first part this morning, we'll talk about the causes and our response to conflict. And then we'll talk about the the Bible and conflict and what the Bible actually teaches us about conflict. So first, let's talk about four causes of conflict. Number one poor communication conflict often comes because of poor communication most conflict actually starts off uh, with something small and then it's piled on and piled on and gets bigger and bigger and bigger because of our words and the words that we speak we must never forget that life uh, and death is in the power of the tongue we must be careful with our words we need to lift up instead of tearing down we need to be life givers instead of life takers allow our words to be life giving somebody say amen I heard about this guy and can't actually believe that he said this to his his wife he he said I can't believe that you can be so beautiful and so stupid at the same time and she said well allow me to explain God made me so beautiful so that you'd be attracted to me. And God made me so stupid so that I'd be attracted to you. (laughs) From there, here's a prayer, folks. (laughs) You should pray something like this every day. Every morning when you put God first, you should, you should pray something about, uh, about the words that you speak and to guard your mouth and to guard your tongue and, and allow your words to be life-giving, not life-taking, to be a builder up, not a tear down. Psalms 141 and 3 says, set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over, over the door of my lips. A door, folks, has hinges. It can, it can go e- either direction. and You control what, what way that hinge turns. Every response to deal with conflict is is not going to the person. It's not going to the person in which you have conflict, uh, but rather every response to conflict should go to to God. Watch this throughout the message, through every point here. Conflict first must go to God in order for it to be resolved. The second thing, first thing, poor communication. Second cause them. of conflict is unfulfilled expectations unfulfilled expectations all anger begins right there it begins right there with those unfulfilled expectations you wanted something and you didn't get it you wanted this but it didn't come you've lost something that you should have had or at least you felt like you should have had that James chapter 4 verse 1 and 2 says what causes fights and quarrels among you don't they 
come from your desires that battle within you. You want something, James says, but you didn't get it. You wanted that, but you didn't get it. And here's the wrong response as James goes on there. He says, you kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. James goes on to say in that same chapter there that you have not because you ask not. You don't have it because you have not asked God for it. You don't have it. You didn't get it because you didn't ask the right person for it. You didn't ask God. And the truth is the reason why our expectations are so high that we're putting pressure on people is because we're putting pressure. And the conflict comes from that is we're putting pressure on an individual that cannot give us what we need. Only God can give us what we need. Only God can be that in our lives. So all of us have expectations, but you should have gone to God. You don't have it because you didn't ask the one that could provide it. You should have went to God. So so third, here we are. Uh, the third reason for conflict is despising differences. Now listen to this, folks. Differences uh, used to be what attracted us. If you're in a relationship and been in that relationship for some time, uh, uh, opposites attract. Uh, the differences is what uh, completed you, or so you thought. Uh, but now it irritates you because, because you're so different. There's such a difference between the two. And, and you're hot and, and she's cold. And you want to spank and she wants to give grace. And you want to spend and she wants to save. Many of us are in relationships where we're polar opposites. We're complete opposites, different in every single way. Opposites. A basketball team, folks, you don't need five guys that are seven foot tall. If you had a basketball team where everybody was tall and a little bit awkward and a little bit uncoordinated, it wouldn't be very good at all. You know, it might give some type of, of, of intimidation at the first sight. But, but in a basketball team, you need one guy that's, that, that, that's not seven foot that maybe is about six foot and can fly, can run, and, and can control the ball and handle the ball and kind of direct, direct things. You, you need that. You need everybody to be, to be different. That's what makes the team good. The more different they are, the better the team they are. Listen, folks. We talk about government stuff, and I don't talk about politics uh, that much, but the government is balanced by being divided. There's a thing called checks and balances, and everybody's not supposed to have the, the same idea and the same viewpoint. Everyone doesn't need to think the same. That, that, that's why the checks and balances are in place. Now, now, now what, what, what the problem is, is, is when it gets unbalanced to what we believe. Amen? I mean, that's true whether you want to believe it or not. Whichever side you're on, the, the, the problem is, 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 is when it's unbalanced to, to whatever your thought is. And that's where the problem comes to individuals. That's what the last four years, they thought the problem was, uh, uh, or one side thought the problem was because the, the other side was in charge. And now the other side's in charge, and, and the ones that are more conservative think the problem is because of that. There's always a checks and balances, folks. Everybody does not think and have the same same concepts and have the same philosophies we know that we want ours to line up to God's somebody say amen give the Lord one more hand clap of praise 
Mark chapter 3, verse 25. If a house is divided against itself, uh, that house cannot stand. If I have conflict, uh, I have to let something happen inside of me first. Uh, before I expect the other person to change, uh, I need to change. Uh, or this last one. And, and, and this last one could probably, you could probably really erase all the other ones because all of us have this. And that's number four, the sin nature. The sin nature comes into play on all of these things. I, I don't know why we expect people to act like we aren't a fallen race. Why do we expect other people all to act like they're not a fallen race? We hold ourselves up to, I'm not perfect, I'm flesh, I'm just human. Yes, I made a mistake, yes, but I'm only human. But then we hold everybody else up to a higher standard, whether we want to admit it or not. We do that. It's like you can be human. I can be human, but everyone else can't be human. Everybody else needs to be perfect. But then when I make a mistake, I want, I want, I want everybody to have grace on me. But then when they make a mistake, I don't want to give that same grace to somebody else. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I can't expect you to always get it right. I've got to leave room for something to happen on the end side for God to touch and God to transform. Now notice in order to resolve conflict in order to resolve it it's, it's not making that person finally agree with me. It's not getting somebody else to get on the same page that I'm on. No, it's, it's God doing something inside of me first. God, transform me. Transform my mind. Change me. You can't change the circumstance around you until you let God change what's going on in you. We have, to, uh, we have to be able to deal with this. And we have, we have ways to handle it. Most of these ways are wrong. Why? Because we see the world's ways. And we conform to the behaviors and the ways of the world. So when we try to come against conflict and resolve it, most of the time we're doing it in the wrong way. First way we do it is my way. You got to do it my way, my way. It, it's my way. I'm the boss. I, I'm the father. I'm the husband. Line up, submit, do it my way. Every relationship has a skunk, or most everyone has a skunk and a turtle. A skunk and a turtle. A skunk is stinking things up and the turtle's clamming up. Neither of these are right. That's not the right way. So number one is, is my way. Number two is your way. Sometimes folks say, you know what, uh, I just want some peace. We'll just do it your way. You, you want it that way, we'll just do it your way. And, and they say, hey, I, I, I just want to resolve this. We'll just do it your way. And, and, okay, have it your way, kind of like Burger King. But, but you're as miserable on the inside now as you've ever been. And some people, uh, you know, so what did that do you? Some people actually, actually think it's, it's halfway, the third way, halfway. My way, your way, halfway. Halfway is okay, uh, I'll do it my way half the time and we'll do it your way the other half of the time. And, and now you're only mad 50% of the time. And that really didn't resolve anything either. So number four is God's way. Number four is God's way. It, it, it contrasts the world's way. It's completely different how the world does things. God has a way. I go to him and let him do a work on the inside of me. I first go to him. That's God's way. The real way to help someone resolve conflict isn't for me to sit down and 
moderate the two people fighting, the two people with their differences, the two people that are, that are going at each other. The best way is to table the issue and see how close the two of you can get to God. How close the two of you can get closer to God and allow God to touch the inside and the mind and to transform you. Nine times out of ten, your closeness to God will solve what you originally thought was an issue because God wants to do something inside of you first he wants to do something inside of you first ecclesians chapter 3 verse 1 says there's a time for everything a season for every activity under the sun if you skip down to verse number five it says a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them now listen listen to this what, what does all that stuff mean a time to scatter them a time to throw them or a time to gather a gather them a time to scatter and a time together there's always a choice of how you can respond to something you always have a choice in the matter of how you respond a stone can be a weapon against a person or you can gather the stone and make it an altar to the lord that will change your life if we look in the bible a story in the book of genesis Story begins at about verse chapter number 28, chapter number 29 there. The story of Jacob when he, he, he flees the, 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 the wrath of his brother Esau. And he goes to, to Laban's and he, he finds there the daughter and falls in love with her. And the Bible says she's beautiful. Rachel's, Rachel's beautiful and he loves her with, with everything. And he, he goes to the father and he says, how, how can I uh, uh, get her from you? How, uh, you know, I love her. And, and, and he says, okay, you, you can have her. Just work seven years for me. And of course, that seven years was like a blink because of his, his, his great love for her. And seven years is over. And of course, they have the wedding and everything. And, and, and this, is the, this is the crazy part of this story. It wasn't until the day after the wedding that Jacob realizes. And you think, about it, that's another story. We'll, we'll talk about that another time. Day after the wedding that he realizes that, that it's not Rachel, it's Leah. And Laban has deceived me. He's tricked me. And he, here he's given. And the Bible gives us a little reference that, you know, Rachel, it says, is beautiful. Leah, not so much, folks. And Jacob wakes up the next day and says, what has happened here? And, and he goes and goes back to the Laban and he says, what have you done? You've, you've tricked me. You've deceived me. I've worked seven years for Rachel and you've given me Leah. What, what is up with this? And he says, it's not a custom to, to be able to give the, the younger daughter before the older, so I have to do it this way. And he says, well, what do I do to get Rachel? He says, work seven more years. So he works seven more years and he gets her. And, and this relationship that Jacob has with, with, with Laban, the, the father-in-law, is a terrible, terrible relationship. And, and he changes his wages many times over again. And Jacob wasn't just there for those 14 years. He, he continued to work for him. And it was a continuance of a, of a bad relationship and, and, and deceivery and trickery uh, all, all throughout it. So, so Jacob had had enough of it. And he says, you know what? I'm getting everybody together. We're getting out of here. He got his wives. He got all his stuff. And, and, and he got out of there. It was a bad, bad relationship. And, and Laban chases after him. And, and Jacob gets word that Laban, Laban is coming. He hears he's coming. And this is where this picks up in Genesis chapter 31 verse number 46 and, and Jacob says to his relatives gather some stones 
gather some stones. And I, I know we're mad at this situation. I, I know we're disappointed. I know we're upset. I, I know we could fight. I know we could, we could hurl stones uh, when it comes. But, but, but how about we gather some stones and, and make an altar to God and, and allow God to heal, to heal us. It says, so they took stones and they piled them in a heap and, and they ate there by the heap. The whole message of this, of this today, this, this sermon, today is is before you try to resolve anything with another person God's got to first do a work inside of you before you can fix the conflict before you can fix the situation allow God to do a work inside of you and now I don't even need that other person in order for my heart to be okay if God has done a work inside of me then I'm all right that's what we've got to grasp today that's what we've got to realize today. And listen now. Some of you have, have trapped yourself in your conflict because you said, I can never be right in my heart until they, and you got a blank there, and you go ahead and fill in the blank of what you've said. And you have basically put that person and that situation in charge of your peace and your happiness. And here's the big reveal of the day. Mark this down. Allow it to get in your heart. Conflict cannot continue without my participation. Conflict cannot continue unless I participate in that. I don't have to wait on you to decide. I went ahead and decided for myself. So therefore, there is no conflict because conflict requires two people. And if I don't participate, that means it's over. I've got to participate in it in order for it to be conflict. I'm letting God do a work inside of me, and I'm letting God change me. And some of you are skeptical right now saying, that's not going to work. You don't know my situation. You don't know what I'm going through. Yeah, but have you ever let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think? And you got to reach back to the beginning of this when I talked about that scripture being in an epistle. Meaning that even though you might be saved, you can still allow God to transform you right now by changing you into a new person, changing the way that you think. I'm letting God, I'm letting God change me. God's not here to just give you everything that you want. He's not some genie in a bottle that you rub and gives you three wishes. That's not the way this thing is. He wants the best for you. He wants to make us better. He wants us to be more like him, more like Jesus. I'm crucified with Christ. I'm dead to self. No expectations. Dead to fleshly desires. The prayer is, is that when you change, when God does a work inside of you, uh, uh, that God brings reconciliation after, after that in the conflict that has, has arose. Now, now, we don't start there, but, but I'm starting with me. It's not you. It, it, it's me. That's where, that's where I start. But I've got to realize that conflict can't continue if I don't participate. And, and I'm not participating in it. Instead, I'm building an altar. 
I'm building an altar with, with everything that I'm mad about, with, with every hurt feeling. I'm, I'm taking that rock and, and I'm building an altar. With that wound, I'm, I'm building an altar. Instead of being mad and, and throwing that rock back at you, I'm, I'm taking it and I'm, I'm building an altar before the Lord and let him transform me into a new person. If you could, let's lift our hands and love the Lord together all across this house. Lord, I'm building an altar. I want you to change me. Change me. Transform me. Now, I know that's not what you want to hear. That, that, that's, not, that's not the thing that, that, that you want to hear. What, what, what itching ears would want is, okay, God, change them. Change that person. Change that situation. Change them, Lord, and you keep praying, God, change them. God, change them. This will be okay when you change them, when they get their heart right with you, when they, when they change their attitude, when they change, change their spirit. God, change them, and God is waiting for you to pray, God, change me. Transform me. So what do we do? What do we do? Four responses completely different than the world's way but they work folks God's way works God's way works God's got a way to bring people's lives out of the pit of sin and out of destruction and out of just turmoil clean them up get them on the right path get them on the path to glory he's got a way for that God's got a way. It's, it, it, it doesn't have to be the way that, that your grandma said it. It ha- doesn't have to be a, a way of tradition or, or, or you know, my, 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 my parents were always Catholic, so, so I'm a Catholic. My parents were always Methodist, grandparents Methodist, so, so now I'm a Methodist. It don't have to be all that where, where you believe this or, or believe that. Uh, what you need to believe is the Bible and believe God's way and have an experience like they had in the book of Acts, uh, and then you can... And be the church like what God's way is. So what do I do? Number one, I will act, not react. I will act, not react. So no longer am I going to wait for a conflict to come. And, and then I show up to church on Sunday and I say, oh God, forgive me. Jesus, I blew it again. I, I went off again. You know I got a short temper. You know I got a short fuse. Uh, and I did it again. God, forgive me. No, I'm going to make some decisions beforehand. Now this may sound odd to you, but it's scriptural. You need a pre-fight plan. A pre-fight plan. It's inspired by the Bible. This, this verse right here, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 and 27. Be ye angry and sin not. Folks, some people give themselves justification from this verse of Scripture to be able to be angry. To be able to be mad all the time. That's not what this is. If you're anger, if you're angry, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still mad, while you're still angry. That's why you better have you a pre-fight plan. Because the sun need not go down on your wrath. Get that fixed before you go to bed. Don't do it. You let anger in. You didn't get your way. Here's a pre-fight rule. We can't go to bed 
God until we settle this. We've got to get this right. We've got to fix this. It's got to be right. We can't let this day pass. Why? Because the verse goes on to say, do not let the devil get a foothold. Do not allow the devil to get a foothold through that anger, through that conflict, through that disagreement. Because what anger does is it allows the devil to get a foot inside the door. It allows the devil to come into that situation. Never put it off, folks. Do it now. Never call names. Don't call your kids' names. They'll become what you call them. Your words have power. Prophetic power. Don't speak ill over those children. Speak good things. Speak fake things. Call those things that are not as though they were. Don't speak ill of people. Don't call your siblings' names. Leave the name calling. Don't do it. Even when they give you potential for names to call them. <laughs> Here's what you say anyway. You are a champion. You are the best. You're the best in the whole wide world. You're a leader and not a follower. Change the world. Don't let the world change you. Call those things that are not as though they were. Come on, somebody. Give the Lord a hand. <laughs> say what you want to say without raising your voice. That's a tough one because I, I raise my voice even if I'm not upset. But especially when you're upset, try to stay calm. Try to stay calm. And again, different personalities is, is tougher. But we cannot give ourselves liberty. Oh, that's just the way I am. I'm just louder. I'm just a yeller. Folks, I'm a yeller. You go to a game that I'm coaching, see if I don't yell. So if, if I'm yelling when I'm not mad, if I allow anger to come in, did you hear that? If I allow anger to come in, then the devil can get a foot in the door. Keep calm. Keep your voice at a, at a, at a respectable decibel. Listen to this one. Never get historical. Let that sink in. Never get historical. Yesterday's gone, folks. Stay in the moment. Today, the sufficient is the day is the evil thereof. Stay in, in the moment. It's bad enough. Don't bring up the past. Stop using never or always. Will you never? Will you always? Stop that. What's that doing good? Stop doing that. And for those married, never use the word divorce. Somebody say amen. amen. Number two, I will focus on the good things in you. Focusing on the good in you. There's, there's good in everyone, folks. There's good in everybody. Find, find that and focus on that. You can find something bad in anything. You can find something bad in everybody. Focus on the positive. Philippians 4 and 8, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, noble, right, pure, whatever is lovely, admirable, anything excellent, anything praiseworthy, think on such things. 
focus on the positive and the God of peace, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So start the day with an altar. Start the day with an altar instead of a throw, a stone throwing contest. Build an altar every day. So God, before it even happens, I'm going to make a choice on how I'm going to act instead of react. A choice to focus on the good. And third, I will apply God's grace to you. We all want God's grace for ourselves. We all want the mercy of God for ourselves. That's easy, yeah. Lord, I'll take all the forgiveness I can get. But Lord, punish them. Come on, somebody. That's the way we are sometimes. Lord, forgive me, but be hard on them. Make them pay for what they did, right? It's amazing how much grace we can receive and how little of it we can give. Jesus talked about the guy that was forgiven a huge debt and, and freed, and then he found somebody that, that owed him just a, just a paltry amount, and he grabbed him by the throat and threw him up against the wall, and he said, pay me every single cent. Uh, and, and Jesus was very, very mad at this thing. So we need to offer grace and mercy the same way that we have received uh, grace and mercy from the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 12, 19 and 21, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it's written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. That's God's way. That's not the world's way. If your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's God's way. That's God's way. Yes, that's hard. It, it isn't easy, folks. It isn't easy. But if we'll build an altar instead of throwing stones, build an altar, seek God. It isn't easy unless we do this fourth one. And the fourth and final one is, I will remember God's grace to me. Every time you do that, power will come to you that will transform your mind. It will transform your heart. Because God's been so, so good to each and every one of us. God has forgiven us. He's given us mercy. He's given us grace to make it another day. And when you begin remembering how good God is to you, it'll give you the capacity to show grace and to show mercy to someone else. And I remember all he's done for me now. I have the capacity to do it. For others as well. Lord, we, we drop our stones. We drop our stones. And we, we, instead, we gather them. And we pile them into an altar. And, and we come and, and we ask you to do a work in us. Show us, show us grace again. Show us uh, mercy again. It's not them, Lord. Uh, it's us, Lord. Do, do a work in me. Transform 
transform me. I, I, I don't need better training. I, I, I want to be changed. Change us to a person that, that others wouldn't even recognize. Lord, I'm not able to do this on my own. Change me. Fill me. Overflowing with your presence. Overflowing with your spirit so that I might say my cup runneth over. Right now, God, I want to be more like you. And I'm asking, I'm pleading, drop the stones this morning build an altar and begin again build an altar and ask God to change you in the morning do it again drop the stones again build an altar and let God change you again listen if your heart's not right there's conflict between you and God if your heart is not right with God there's an ongoing conflict between you and between him Sin has come in between you and him. And there's conflict. And what you've got to do is surrender. What you've got to do is surrender to him. Drop the stones. Build an altar. Ask God to forgive you. Ask God to change you. Give your life all over again to Jesus. Forgive me, Lord. Change me, Lord. Make me more like you, Lord. Make the person that you want to be, be me, Lord. Let me be who you created me to be. Listen, folks, if, if you've committed your life to Jesus, and your next step, if you've never been baptized in the saving name of Jesus Christ, that's your next step. Baptism is your next step. If you've never been baptized, we'll baptize you whenever. Whenever you're ready, whenever you want, we're here for you. But even to make it easier, we have baptism days. We'll baptize you whenever, but, but to make it easier in the, next, in the next coming weeks, we'll announce a day where we'll baptize uh, whosoever will. And we'll have another in this, this upcoming weeks. And if you're ready to take that step, uh, do it. Do it. You won't regret it. You won't regret it. Bury the old man. Get your sins washed away. Rise to walk in newness of life. You won't regret it. Come on, let's, let's get the conflict behind us. It isn't easy. You do it the world's way or your way. It's not easy. Don't do things after the pattern and after the customs of this world. It isn't easy, or is it? You do it God's way, and it can be easier. It can be easy, and God's way is changing you first. Let God transform you. Let him change the way you think about some things. Be transformed to where that used to affect you. Now you don't react the way you used to. You don't because you act instead of react. I'll focus on the good, not the bad. I'll give people grace. Everyone is human. Everybody is capable of mistakes. Help me to give some grace. The same way, God, that you so richly have poured it upon my life. Help me to give grace to others the same way you've given me grace. Could you lift your hands all across this house? Lift your hands all across this house. Come on, let's love him together. Let's love him together. Conflict's not a conflict. 
conflict unless you participate. You've got to participate in it in order for it to be a conflict. No, I've made the decision. I'm bowing out of this. God has changed my heart. He's changed my life. He's changed the way I think. It isn't easy or or is it help me to give the same grace uh, help me to give it I'm not worthy of your mercy I'm not worthy Lord of your love I'm not worthy of your forgiveness I'm not worthy of your blessings but I'm thankful God and when I begin to reflect upon the mercy and the grace of God that he has so richly shown me then I am given the capability to show more mercy and grace to others Come on, lift your hands all across this place. Uh, Lift your hands all across this place uh, as we begin to sing, uh, as we begin to call upon the name of the Lord together. Come on, build an altar. Build an altar. Gather them. Don't scatter them. Uh, Don't scatter the stones. Uh, Gather them and build an altar. Oh, yes, yes, yes. God, change us. Change us. The world's way doesn't work. But God, your way works.